left alive my younger brother terry he died about a year ago now and he was uh, 16 years younger than me well he had a stroke well viagra's killed him Mm. he was wanting to get hard and he called me up well his girlfriend after he died she called me up and she said hey terry died i said yeah i heard that and she said the viagra's killed him i said what he said he called her up and he said he got a hold of some viagra's and he was hard as a rock and he was ready to go and then he went to the tavern to get some beer and uh, or grocery store or whatever. And then he started feeling funny. And then he fell down in the parking lot. Everybody thought he was drunk and they just left him laying there. Anyway, he had a stroke. But one of the things it says on those Viagra's, if you have heart problems, which he did have, you know, don't yeah. don't use them because they can cause. And that's what happened. So then Viagra's killed him. I thought shit. Well, I thought shit. I got a weird heart problem too. Only one in a thousand get, but the vein going into your heart is uh, well shut. Ooh. And when my blood pressure gets high, it swells even tighter. Wow. And it, it makes it really hard to hard to breathe, or just I've I've had several doctors uh, caution me about Viagra. Yeah. Or any of that stuff. And so that could be quite fatal. Yeah, well, it killed my brother. Uh, you know, he, he, I don't, I think he bought it off the internet. I don't think he got it from a damn doctor either. My brother is always going for the cheap stuff. One of the doctors at VA, I told him about it, and I had some other things going on. He and uh, he says, yeah, I just got an autopsy on the guy that died at one of them, and they, they couldn't find anything because once he was dead, it all went back like it was supposed to be. Oh, uh, yeah. And well, my, my brother... You know, 60 years, Yeah. Well, my, my brother lived for about a week after that stroke, and the doctor said he was brain dead. Yeah, the doctors in the hospital, they said the virus killed him. That's what they said. Yeah. Uh, so he... And he, well, and his girlfriend told me that too, but she knew it before the doctors did. <laughs> that shit also causes blood clots to go through your brain. Oh shit! Well, that's like all these pills are giving me. 
three a month ago, I was at Blessings Emergency Room. They stuck a needle in there to, and I'm still bleeding. That's that stupid eloquist crap. Yeah, I, I got one. Uh, that's a month old. I got one too. And I, I and I keep thinking, well, if it's doing that, what's it doing on the inside? Or I can't see. You know, yeah. I could I could be bleeding all over inside. The blue hole where they stuck you. Last, yep. And it finally cleared up. But see, I got blue here. Yep, yep, yep. Same thing. They stuck me here and there the other day. And tomorrow they're going to give me another blood test. I just, I think I hate that eloquence. I told them I don't want to take the shit. I never took it before I came here. I thought, I want to show them some of my marks and that. Christ, some cop had me down and they checked my arms and that. You know, they just think I'm a junkie with all the holes that's been poked in me. Yeah. Well, you know, I got that old truck out there. You want to go down by the river sometime and just ride around and look at stuff? Yeah, we might. If I get feeling better, hell. Well, we can just go down. I got a camp down there at Napa. I don't know if you know where Napa's Landing is, but I got a camp down there. I paid 8000 bucks for it, and I ain't done nothing with it. It's just an old camp. And there's only four camps. There used to be 100 of them, and they're all gone, but four now. You know where that uh, restroom with the great big porch is down there by the boat launch? At Napa's? Well, no, it's, a, it's on Front Street. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I put my friends. I sat up there on that uh, patio and run my beer truck boat that I don't have here. Yeah. I run it down and around the buttons of the bridge from back up. Oh, shit. Well, you know that truck, we can put your big, you can put that in the yeah. back of that truck and run it. If you want to try oh, it. Oh, yeah, I've done it. Well, if you want to try it sometime, you can use that truck. Pretty, I, I got well, I got two two right there in the room, and all I got to do is check the charge on them. And I checked it here about a month and a half ago, and <laughs> they're perfect, you know. Well, if you want to, we can run them down there sometime. I we take drink a few beers, and hell, we might take a. a no, oh, I'm not gonna drink beer. No, no, I do. I drink. Oh, I swell up right now. Yeah. Well, I, I drink a few beers. Might we might take uh, Richard with us. I don't think he gets out much. He'd probably have fun just watching. Uh, oh, like, last, last summer, I, before they shipped me off to. Oh, the other place, yeah. Yeah, well, it was after I got back from there. I took, I got two of them little RC cars. And we went out. I'd seen a bunch of kids playing with them down yeah, there, we, we down out. there, down there by the river in that park there. Down out, out there in the parking lot, running them around, and out in the grass. And hell of it is, it takes you about an hour to clean the damn oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, especially if they've been cutting the grass, it, it sticks right to them like glue. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I put the TV camera on one, Ooh. but I knocked the TV camera off the bench somehow. And I stepped on it. Oh. I got to get me a new one. They're only like nine, ten dollars for the little tiny. Yeah, I, thing. yeah, I, I never have bought. I, yeah, I've, I, my son told me that. I, I never have. I had it out here in the hallway and put the goggles on. And then Sarah, and she said, "Oh, look at me!" <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. She, she, she wanted to know if she could borrow it. I said, yeah, I want to get it running right. You know, <laughs> well, you, we, hey, if we have, 
there's a robin on a nest out there. If you could put that where we can watch them babies, people might get a kick out of that. But right on, right up where I sit on a couch, you can look up there. She built it on that plastic thing that they had for the COVID stuff. And uh, they was going to tear her down. And she started sitting on the eggs, so they decided to leave her alone. But, but I just sit there on the couch and watch her. And it's it about ready to hatch. She lands. And she talks to him. She goes, trip, trip, trip. And she listens to him. And then she starts rolling them around so that they're peeping at the top of the... There's a mama raccoon moves into that old tree. Ah. Uh, yeah. So if they come to cut that sucker down, I'm going to stop them. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah. You might tell them titties are up and growing. Yeah. Well, I've seen them. I've seen them. Uh, I've seen them coming out of that hole last year. Babies. I mean, little ones. Oops, thank you, thank you, Richard. Thank you. I come in a hurry. We're playing cards tonight. Playing cards. put them out there but those are some awful nice picture books i like the pictures and then my god they got a lot of good old pictures in there yeah. that's gold miner up the top there yeah yeah well you know they're still finding gold though they had a, i was watching a guy last night he said he makes about uh well, gold's worth a lot more now. Yeah. 
A day in the life of Brian. That's all this is. Hey, if you want to be my invisible wingman and just listen in, you're more than welcome. I'll tell you what, I'm looking for a soulmate, though. I'm looking for a young lady who would go with me through all time and eternity, lifetime after lifetime, as my wife right now, when I'm dead, as my mom. And uh, two years later, I wish my wife would have herself as her baby, so I'd have a little sister, and she could raise us both, along with her other kids. That's what I'd like. And then we could do that, if it works out well, we could do it over and over and over till the end of time. I think that'd be pretty cool. I just got to find a soulmate that wants to do it. So far, I ain't. I'm trying to write a book about it. I'm sorry, I'm eating my supper there. I, I got I got distracted.
No, what's that? I think it is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when they put it out. I did. I drank them all. <laughs> what I'm going to do, I'm going to fill them with water and take them back. Well, what I was going to do, I was going to put a tea bag in each one of them, like this one. Basically, I put a tea bag in there and then fill it full of hot water. How the hell you get a tea bag in there? You no, know, they slide in really easy. 
And you can get them back out when you drink it. If you, if you shake them down with the cinnamon and you just pull them back out. Yeah, so this is tea. And that's tea. Where did you put it in for ice? Hey, I'm a Navy man. <laughs> Navy, Navy rules. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, the yeah, Marines, all they're good for is marching around and looking pretty. No, that's a good rock. <laughs> that's all they're good for. We hated them on the ship. They were our policemen. And my friend, oh my God. Oh, what shit. His name was Dale Vance. He was a, a second class. And we was over in the Philippines in that town called Along, uh, Alongapo. He went to a bar. Of course, the girls were all whores. And there was a bunch of Marines in there. Anyway, he went in the bathroom and there. Him and a Marine started swapping words. And oh, yeah, Marine punched him around pretty good. And uh, when he come back to the ship, I wasn't with him. I was on watch down in the engine room. And when he when he came back, he see, he'd been beat on a little bit. He went to our tour tour locker, and we had these wrenches that were big as this, but they were like a they for nuts that size. I mean, it was, it was like for a four-inch nut. And he grabbed one of those. Yes. And he grabbed one of them. Way he go. I said, Dale, where the fuck? And he said, fucking Marine. So he went up. There's only one way you can get on that ship. And he had to cook the gang plant. And then they had, a, they had somebody on duty there. Well, he was behind the guy on duty. And he just sit there with that damn wrench. And they didn't notice he had it. And when the Marines come on board, the one that fucked him up, he, oh, he smashed him in the fucking arm and broke his arm. And then all these other Marines were chasing. Well, by that time, I was off duty and I was back in the uh, uh, barracks part. And there was like 30 of us in one room. Uh, it's, it's an old 1928 aircraft. I mean, it was built in 38. So it was so we a room this half the size had 40 of us in it. It was in them racks. It was there was space. You could just sit up in them, and they canvas for the. Uh, bottom part and a little thin mattress. Well, anyway, I was sitting there and Mark, he come charging down the, the ladder. Now, the ladders, of course, they were steel and they and they were flip up in the case of a war or something. You, they, they flipped up. So there was a little bit and they had cables to hold on to. Anyway, he come flying down. He got down there with that damn wrench. Fucking Marines come down there. Come on, you motherfuckers, you pussy. Come on. They bang, bang, bang. And the Marines... They started to come down, but they had a lieutenant with them. This lieutenant stopped them. He said, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And he told us, he said, jump him. And we all just kind of looked. <laughs> and we didn't jump him. And what we did, we just kind of faded away. Anyway, he kept banging on the ladder there. And then, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, finally they talked him into putting this wrench down. And he went up, took off with him. Uh, well, and the, oh, the chief come down. Our chief, they got him out of bed, and he came down and talked him into that he went from a second class to. I was going to say he didn't go back down all the way. He, I think they took him down to third class. But I always thought, well, I always thought that was just well. His name was Dale Vance, but his name was, and he was one of my best buddies, and I always had a lot of fun with Dale. He was from Texas, somewhere. Uh, I don't remember any, you know, that's funny, in the service, the only two people's name I, I can remember is Dale Vance and R.J. Toronto. 
I don't know, all the guys I served with for over two years, I don't, my book up there has got their names though, I got my book up there, and then the, on the back, yeah, on the back side they got their names and addresses, and I, maybe I ought to write them a letter and see if they're still alive, I don't know, I, and anyway, their pictures are in there too, but, and when I see their pictures, I recognize them, I, when I look at that, okay, one of them guys, uh, he's in the engine room, uh, and he's, he's on a, on our big main, big brass, Steam valve. It's, was you a black guy? A black game? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I was a non-rate. I didn't like. I wanted to get fucked out, so I never took no. I could have been a second class and took. I mean, the tests were simple, but I thought, fuck it. So I just stayed a E3 the whole time I was in. Uh, yeah, but and and being an E3, they used me for everything. I'd go up and push bombs around. I pushed thousands of bombs, and then. Stand watching the engine room, and then they'd send me up to unload uh, ammo, food, whatever. They, I was just a. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I just did everything, anything they wanted. And uh, anyway, but my main main thing was the uh, uh, engine rooms and the boiler rooms. And I'll tell you what, that like cleaning them fucking boilers, that was one of the war. Oh, oh fuck! Well, we burnt crude oil. And the thing is, with crude oil, it was the cheapest fuel. Back then, you could get a barrel of crude for 10 bucks. And we used a million gallons of crude going from the United States to Vietnam. They, and uh, that's all, you know, but the manure carriers were burning jet fuel, JP-5. And they, and they also, they they used more fuel than, than the old black. Uh, so I mean, it had to be awful expensive to fight that war with them. With them diesel power, diesel powered aircraft here is what it was. But the thing is, like down that, I, I, when I got out, they put me on a Ranger, and I came back, and it was a down in their engine room. They didn't hardly ever have to clean their boilers because that jet fuel burnt clean enough that there wasn't much. But with that crude oil, we had uh, let me think we had we had four boilers and each, we had eight engine room, eight boiler rooms. And each one had four boilers. Is that right? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that's right. Four boilers, eight boiler rooms. And uh, you can cut that ship in half, and both ends would have power. Uh, the bo way the boiler rooms were set up. And uh, anyway, when they that 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 ship bake on there, I mean the, the boiler tubes were about this big around, steel. And and you'd have black crap that thick from that crude oil burn. So it would go in there with pneumatic hammers and, and just knock all that shit off, shovel it out the door. But the dumbass captain wouldn't stop, wouldn't, he could have shut the whole boiler room down, get the temperature, but no, no. We gotta be operational, boys. So what they would do, we had four boilers. So they would shut off the one with cleaning and the one next to it, but leave the other two boilers on. So it had heat carried right on over. Oh, it was miserable. We'd jump in there, open the door, jump in with our chip and hammer, work about 20 minutes, then we'd crawl back out and the next guy would jump in and then we'd climb up where we had, we didn't have no air conditioning. All we had was blowers that brought that tropical air down, 100 degree air, he'd sit in front of that. Not much of an Not much, well, it was a lot better. I mean, that wind blowing on. Oh, and then one time our blowers broke. Oh, my stupid motherfuckers. They made us keep operating without the fucking blowers. Just so the captain would look good. I mean, 
uh, it, oh, that was horrible. We'd, we'd go up to the top of the, outside the engine room on the armored deck, lay there and get our breath back. Get, we'd, then we'd run down the steps to the, uh, but in that case it was the engine room, which is just about as hot as the boiler room. Because that's got, the engine room had the two, uh, 100,000 horsepower steam turbines. And they were, well, pretty big. They cut, I mean, you had one on that side, one on that side, and a little gap in them. Anyway, all that heat coming off them 100,000 horsepower motors. Oh, fuck. You run down there, basically was standing watch and checking the oil and shit. And then for 20 minutes or so, and then we'd scramble back up and the other guy, and we did that for 24 hours one time. Oh, fuck. Ignorant bastards. Why didn't they just shut that down? I mean, all we was doing was dropping by. And usually it was at night. We didn't do no bombing at night. We didn't do nothing at night. The pilots didn't fly at night on our ship. Uh, but that's, I thought, oh. That's where I didn't stay in, too. I, although I was used to it. And I almost considered staying in. And on TV, when they have that picture of that aircraft carrier where they're pushing the helicopters off, that's the old Hancock. That's the ship. But I had left. I left in uh, 72, and that picture was, I think, taken in 74 or something, 75. Yeah. But that's my old... Oh, and the guys that I served with, one of them worked out here, and he they, he, he took it and they scrapped it, cut it all up. But, but he said at the end, he said that they filled it all full of hundreds or thousands of refugees. They, they got all the, the air guys out of the... And they had everything full of people, and they was bringing gold and all kinds of shit, trying to find places to hide it. And uh, anyway, they all thousands of them. They would bring boats out, anything they could, and they'd get on that carrier. And, and then the carrier took them back to, I think, Thailand and dumped them off. I can't remember. But he said that was pretty exciting. He said girls all over the goddamn place, horrors, <laughs> horrors. <laughs> On their way to a new life. Oh, <laughs> uh, shoot. Horrors. No, they, they did not like North Vietnamese. They wanted to leave. And they did. I don't know how many. I think about, I think I like, a, I don't think 100,000 come over here in the United States. I can't remember. See, a bunch of them went down to Texas, Corpus Christi, where mom and dad lived. And they were fishermen in Vietnam, so they started fishing down there. But they didn't obey the Texas laws. And they was running everybody's trout lines, everybody's traps, and they were armed. And they had some damn big gun battles down there in Corpus Christi between the, the local fishermen and these goddamn gooks. And, uh, you know, it, eventually it all worked out. But, but I remember there for a few years, I mean, you'd hear on the news all the time, you know, our mines had been plant uh, on the white guys. They'd be yanking their pots up for crabs and stuff, lobsters. Boom, blow up, fucking gooks and booby trapping motherfuckers. And then, uh, of course, they started doing things to the gooks, and <laughs> it was, uh, I don't know, always something, always something. And uh, one of those guys in there, oh, the guy was telling, he, that big steam valve, that's how, that's how you made the ship go. And I almost crashed that aircraft carrier. Now, that, I, I smoked dope 
when I was in the service. There's plenty of it around. In the service, who the fuck did? Well, we, we, we kept it pretty sneaky. There was, there was an engine room. I'd say about a third of the guys did, and and we kept to ourselves the regular the steamers. Uh, you know, the, uh, you knew who you could trust and who you couldn't. Anyway, uh, I had who in the hell? Somebody give me some acid. And I was messenger of the watch. Basically, all I did was go up and down all the ladders to all the engines and all the boil rooms, and I would I would take oil samples from all the compressors and uh, down in the shaft alleys where the big shafts turn to propellers. Go down there, take the oil samples out of the uh, bearings. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was my main job most times. And then, so I took that acid guy gave me, and I was just having fun doing my thing, and they stopped me. And they said, hey, now they put me on the main turbines. And I, I, I knew how to run the main turbines, but that is a third-class petty officer's job. That's not entrusted to a fireman. And I, I, I told the, 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 the Filipino was our chief, and i had done it before, but he just, nobody wanted to do it. None of the, none of the third class wanted to do it. And I said, hey, I, I don't want to do it either. And he said, well, you're going to have to do it. So, all right. I'm half fucked up from this acid. And the guy who gave it to me was R.J. Toronto. And he was down there fucking get laughing. He's all fucked up, too. Anyway, he come up to me, and we were sitting there talking, laughing and giggling. And uh, I had headphones on. These headphones connected me to the uh, uh, boiler rooms and the steering room. So, uh, anyway, I'm sitting there bullshitting with Toronto about something, laughing. And, and on the thing, they got a big brass needle that goes ding, 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 ding. And it stops on a head full, a head flank, or emergency reverse. Well, when it says emergency reverse, what you're supposed to do, the big brass valve that, that makes you go that way, you twirl that thing shut, and then you grab a hold of the little brass valve, which makes you go that way, and you open it up. But you got to watch the steam gauges because you can't drop your steam pressure below... Uh, a thousand pounds or you drag the boilers off the line well if, if the steam pressure gets below a thousand pounds it starts squirting water into the uh instead of steam into the engines so you can't go below a thousand anyway and to do that you got to kind of keep your eye on the gauges and adjust the, the anyway i was sitting there bullshit with toronto and they and i ding 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 and i logged it in the log book you know came in just like you're supposed to do emergency and i forgot to go into emergency reverse and i was that back talking to toronto oops well the headphones i heard people yelling into me what the fuck and i put them on and we was taking on ammo and the ammo ship was going along about 10 knots and we come swooping in like a big eagle at 20 knots and we're just pulling right okay well i'm the outside i'm the port outside engine on the very outside on the left hand side so here, here we're coming in, <laughs> swooping in like a big bird. And the guy steering it started yelling at me. He said, what the hell's wrong with number four main turbine? I, nothing. I said, nothing's wrong with it. And he, he said, I got, my, I got my steering back here all the way over. And we're still tracking. Oh, when I was going towards him. Excuse me. We was going towards the ammo refill. And there was only about... I don't know, 100, maybe 200 foot between the two of us. Once we, no, but once we got squared away, then we shot the cables over and brought the bombs over. Okay. Anyway, everybody was screaming and yelling. And we had an officer on watch. And he'd come running around from the other side of the thing. 
And he said, uh, what's wrong with number four main turbine? And I looked around. Well, just before that. And I thought, fuck, I'm supposed to be in emergency reverse. So I slammed my thing closed, opened up the emergency reverse. I drugged the, the boiler pressure below a thousand. I was sitting like 900. And the boiler guy started saying, you're fucking dragging us off the line. You're dragging us off the line. Oh, fuck. So, so when that officer come over, I had, I had got my RPMs down to where it was supposed to be in reverse. And anyway, the officer, everything was fine. He came over and, you know, everything was fine. Everything was cool. I logged it in. He looked at it. Yeah, you logged it in. So, but it was fine. So he pulled up like we was supposed to, finished, finished the thing. <laughs> but the top watch, Fontillas, he was a Filipino. Well, and of course, once this shit happened, my friend RJ gone, man. He went back down in the guts of the engine room down in the basement. Chicken shit. Bitch. <laughs> Chicken shit. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh. You may have shit <laughs> well, anyway, it all worked out okay. Uh, now, Fon Tillis, he was real good. He could, we had steam lines like that with, with the uh, asbestos casing. And he could stand flat footed, jump up and kick a hole in the goddamn. He was a really good karate guy. Anyway, he came up to me. And he looked at me, and he looked at my eyes. Well, when you take acid, your eyes dilate to turn all black. Anyway, he looked at me. Wham! He smacked me. He said, don't you ever get fucked up on my watch again. Said, okay, Bronto. But I didn't mean to. I was just going to be doing my messenger thing. It's not a... You must admit your timing left a bit to be desired. Well, you know, I, I sometimes think... Oh, Oh, that, that picture in that book, the guy in that big brass wheel, he deserted. Me and him and some other guys went over to, uh, you had along the Poe and then next to it you had Subic City. Subic City was a rough, that was all, I'm all Filipinos. It was nasty. But the guys would go over there and they'd sit in their, sit at the bar and the girls would fucking ride in the chair. I mean, and, it, and the Filipino guys didn't like it. You know, cause they, it was basically their bar. And, uh, you know, the whole drunk sailor, yeah, fuck me right here in the chair, you know, and they'd, they'd put a pack of cigarettes out. And the girls would say, no, 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 let's go, let's go. But they would end up doing it or go underneath the table and give them a blowjob. Anyway, it was all over there one night, and I, I didn't really care for that much, none of that stuff. So I went back to the ship, and uh, two or three days, we had to stay on the ship and work on the motors. and the, We took everything apart and put it all back together, which was also pretty stupid. Because there was nothing really wrong with any of the things we took apart, but it, they called it preventive maintenance. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we'd rip, rip, rip everything down. So the only time I could leave the ship was after working hours. Yeah, I just I just stayed on the ship. Well, the ship was getting ready to leave, <clears throat> and the the guy in that picture with, with a big brass wheel, he didn't come back to the ship. And I thought, uh, I, well, I knew where we'd been drinking, so the. Fontillas, he said, you get your ass out there, see if you can find him. He's going to get charged with desertion if he don't get back on this ship. So I went back to Subic City, and uh, let me turn this down. Anyway, uh, I went back to Subic City, and uh, went to some of the bars we went to, and I asked, has anybody seen a... Well, one of the gals pointed to this little hut. Basically, the, the huts over there were like hog houses, and that's what they lived in. They didn't, they're girls. They didn't, it was just a tin shed with, anyway, I went to it, door was open, 
It's a really young Filipino gal. It's, they all look young. But just sitting on the bed cross-legged, pussy out there, <laughs> eating sugar cane. And uh, when I walked up to the door, I, I forget what his name was. And I, I said I said his name, and she, and she pointed there. And he was sitting there drunker in hell on the bed. And uh, uh, I thought, well, naked young girl, well, I'm just going to pay no attention to her. Uh, anyway, she was in that sugar cane. And I said, hey, man, you got to get back to the ship. I said, we're leaving tomorrow. I said, you got to get your ass back here tonight or they're going to charge you with desertion. And he, him and his wife weren't getting, she divorced him eventually. But anyway, he said, fuck it. She loves me, man. I'm going to stay here. And I said, what? Hey, she loves me. And I, and uh, I looked at her and I said, do you love him? Said, yeah, I love him. No shit. Buy me a helicopter. And I said, man, I don't think she loves you. And he goes, yeah, she does. She loves me. And I, so I asked her again. I said, he thinks you love him. She goes, I love him. No shit. Buy me a Honda. Eating that sugar cane. Well, I never had ate sugar cane before. And I, uh, I remember I, I said, can I taste that? So she gave it to me. And it tastes like celery. Sweet celery is what it tastes like. Anyway, I chomped on it. And uh, I said, man, you got to go back with me. I said, I don't think she loves you. <laughs> And I talked him into it, so we went back to the ship, and he didn't get in any trouble. But, yeah, I, I, I keep thinking, maybe I ought to write a book about my, my old Navy stories. And uh, I thought about writing a book. Everybody out here has got stories from when I was in the service. Oh, yeah. And I thought, I thought, well, take a, it's a little tape recorder. I thought, take this thing, and, you know, just talk to him and say, hey, just any interesting stories when you're in the service, and I'll, we'll write, I'll put it in the book, and we'll all get credit for it. I think the Yeah, well, like that one guy over there, oh, I see him in his wheelchair all the time. He's missing a leg. And I thought it was diabetes. And I walked over to him there one day and I said, yeah, I said, damn diabetes got you. He said, no, a landmine in Vietnam. And I said, oh. And he said that the only reason he came out here was because his wife's health was getting bad. So they're both over at Markwood or somewhere. But every day, he, you'll see him riding his wheelchair around. Well, he told me his name. I said, well, that name sounds kind of familiar. And uh, I went to school with him. He graduated two years before me. I graduated in 69. He graduated in 67. And he said he hadn't got to Vietnam very long. He stepped on that landmine and blew his leg off. And then, oh, he married his wife before he left. And he said, we've been married all this time. And he said, uh, you know, it's just been a good life. And uh, uh, so I know he's got a story. I know he's got a story there that he could tell. But, yeah, I'm sure, I for, and I forgot his name. He told me his name. God damn it. Yeah, I, I, oh, and you know, I was looking at the memorial. Out. Yeah, well, he he graduated two years ahead of me. And those guys on the wall, on the marker out there died in Vietnam. I went to school with at least half of them. I used to go out drinking with them. They was older than me. I graduated in 69. All them guys graduated in 67 and 68. And, uh. I thought, shit. And I, Zimmerman, I do remember him because he had kind of puffy hair, kind of kind of niggerish looking hair. It was just all curly and puffy. And he always did better with the girls and my me and my friends would go to parties. He's a little bit older and he's a hell of a lot slicker. <laughs> and he'd always get the girls. And me and my friends would always walk away empty handed. <laughs> just dumb, dumbass high school kids. We didn't know. 
faded now. Although some of them did. One of them, one of my friends, he was always taken up with these older women. By older, I mean these gals were like 24, 25. And they would buy them all kinds of neat stuff. And they were all divorcees. And I remember we was giving them hell. Why don't you find a girl your own age, man? And he said, well, you guys are dumbasses. And we, I, we didn't really know what he meant, you know. But all these divorced women just loved having a young man to take the place of the one they lost. All full of energy and such. And his, his dad was a chiropractor. And uh, I thought he was one of the smartest guys ever. I still think he was. He ended up being a millionaire. <laughs> he had a, set up a business out in Las Vegas there. Or not Las Vegas, Wyoming. Cody, Wyoming. He had the only chiropractic business for hundreds of miles around. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'll tell you what, that deal here, they, they I think the Russians did it themselves, but they set some bombs off over their capital. They said the Ukrainians did it. So they said that now we feel free to attack the Ukrainian president directly because they attacked uh, the Soviet president. But, but I mean, our guys are all saying, no, 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 those are Soviet drones that attacked their own capital. But the Russians are showing on TV and they're getting ready to do something really nasty to Ukraine is what it looks like. And they're going to say, well, we did it to them because they did it to us. And everybody says it's a lie. <laughs> so I think I think there's gonna be some big things going on here over in Ukraine soon. Well, he threatened to use a tactical nuke, and and they're afraid he'll use a tactical nuke over their capital, Kiev. And if he does that, they don't got no tactical nukes. So would have somebody would have to if we're gonna start a tactical nuclear war. One of the NATO countries are going to have to do it. And I don't think none of them want to start a tactical nuclear war with Russia. I don't think we do either. They could just use all of them in Ukraine. I mean, we could blow their whole tank army up and, and then blow up our tank army with these nukes. I could, I could see just boom, 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 boom. Blow the bejesus out of Ukraine. Ukrainians ain't going to want that. <laughs> and as long as they keep it in Ukraine, they can have one hell of a war. And you say uh, <laughs> I know yeah. I know. I ought, to, I ought to smoke, get my pipe out. I got cigarettes upstairs. No, I better not. I'm afraid if I start smoking, I'll get addicted again. Because I do like smoking. I smoked four packs. When I was in the service, it was a dollar ten a carton. Mm-hmm. Of course, I only got only got paid uh, 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 only got paid two thousand a year. So a dollar ten was a pretty substantial part of my yearly pay, especially especially when I'd smoke the whole carton in about four days, three days, or four days. Well, four packs a day, just light them, and and that shipping you just throw the butts down anywhere. Hell, they had ashtrays. Well, those cannon shells up there, those were our ashtrays, and and they told me to throw them away. Uh, the the big ones was from our cannons, and that smaller one was from a anti aircraft gun. Anyway, we, we just used that's what that was our butt cans. That was our butt cans, and they just they just told me to throw them over the side. They said that well, one of the guys fell on that big one. He was drunk, and he and that and that edge cut him. That sharp edge on that shell casing. 
So they, they said it was a safety hazard. Get rid of it. Uh, so what I did, I stuck it in my sea bag and brought it home. <laughs> I stuck it in my sea bag. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there are some of the guys' names were scratched on there. If I polish it up, some of their names were on the casing on the outside, too. I'd like to shine it up the rest of the way. My son said he'd help me with it someday. <laughs> well, that little one, that little one looked just like that. My son polished that up somehow or other, but it's really nice and shiny. Yeah, it was, it was all corroded like that one was. When, when I had them out at my house in the garage, and I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> souvenirs, yep. I'll tell you what, I think we're in for a world of shit. I'm watching the news here, listening to the radio. Shit. <laughs> Imagine another nigger shooting a bunch of people up. Is anyone surprised? Not me. I would almost bet it was a nigger. White people do it sometimes, too, though.
Well, today has been quite an interesting day for me. My friend Jimmy Holtman showed up. I got him interested in helping with the cloning corporation. I got a book deal, maybe, to write a story about the Cayley Family Cloning Corporation, a fiction book. And in my book, I make it come true. I don't know, and I've just had kind of an interesting day today. probably ought to stop this podcast I I'm really ain't got nothing much of interest to say this is just a day in the life of Brian I got a bunch of girls I've been texting girl a whole bunch of people have been wanting to follow me for some dumb reason so I've been accepting them all and these girls are, are you know wanting to talk to me and I've been kind of scared too but if I do, I'm going to start telling them I'm looking for a phone, uh, a, a soulmate. I'm looking for a woman that I can go through all time and eternity with. But she'll have to want to get cloned. And she'll have to want to be my mom. And she'll have to help me get, get it set up. If I can find a few young ladies that want to do that, well, I could have more than one mom. <laughs> I could have more than one clone. So I'm thinking, well... You know, backup plan would be to have a whole bunch of babies. <laughs> if I could, kind of like Genghis Khan, 30% of the people in Mongolia are his descendants. And my uh, clones would be, of course, 100% my descendants. I don't think I could match uh, Genghis Khan. But you know, as time goes on, I might. If, if, if my DNA is good and I'm a good baby, a good citizen, and all my moms love me, and I love my mom, and my wife, and my sister. I might have clones of me on the moon, on Mars, and in the asteroids, and on Earth all at the same time. I, I think it could happen. If I can just get this, uh, uh, if I can get this idea off
Hey, I'm going to go ahead and turn this podcast off. It's getting kind of late. Eight o'clock, I think. So, adios, amigos. Um, a day in the life of Brian's all this is. And uh, <laughs> I got a whole bunch of all kinds of podcasts. If you want to know me well, there's over a thousand of them. You just listen to them. And you don't know me about as well as anybody could know someone else. So, adios, amigos. <laughs>